And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins wrapped up their season series and three-game set against the Colorado Rockies at home in Miami. With a win, the Marlins had an opportunity to sweep the Rockies and crawl back to within four games of 500. Braxton Garrett went opposite of the lefty Kyle Freeland. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, it wasn't easy. It rarely is, but the Marlins get the job done. They beat the Rockies 3-2 this afternoon to complete a three-game series sweep here at Lone Depot Park. A good start to this six-game homestand. At the outset, Braxton Garrett was on the mound for Miami. Kyle Freeland for the Rockies. It was a matchup of left-handers tonight. And Garrett was in trouble early on in this game. A leadoff single on top of the first to Connor Joe. Came back to strike out Jonathan Daza and C.J. Crone. But when Brendan Rodgers doubled, the Rockies had runners at second and third with two outs. But Garrett came up big. He got Ryan McMahon and a fly ball to left, ending the first inning. And this would become a theme in this ball game. The Rockies, a lot of opportunities. And more often than not, they were unable to cash in. Take, for example, the second inning. When with one out, Elias Diaz ripped a triple. So the Rockies in a scoreless game had a man at third base. But Garrett came back. He caught the number eight batter, Elioris Montero, looking at strike three. And then went after the left fielder, the rookie, in just his second big league start, Sean Bouchard. The 2-2. A swing and a miss. A slider in the dirt. Garrett strikes him out. So he leaves a man at third for the second straight inning. How about that? A one-out triple by Diaz goes for not as the eight and nine men Montero are both struck out by Braxton Garrett. Three Ks in the inning, five in the game. So we were scoreless into the home half of the second. Jesus Aguilar hit a leadoff double for Miami, and with one out, he was still at second base for Miguel Rojas. 3-2 pitch to Rojas. Line drive up the middle, base hit center field. Aguilar be waved, he's coming home, and RBI single for Miguel Rojas stakes the Marlins to a one nothing lead in the second. Miggy stays hot. Now 8 out of 17 in his last five games. It was one nothing into the third inning. And when Braxton Garrett retired the first two batters, the top two men in the batting order, Connor Jovi a strikeout, and Jonathan Daz on a ground ball to short. You thought maybe an easy inning here for Garrett, but he couldn't put it away. He walked C.J. Crone, so a man on, two down for a Marlins killer here in 2022, Brendan Rodgers. 2-2 to Rodgers, is driven into center field. De La Cruz is going back on it, still back. It's over his head. Going to bounce up against the Craftsman side in right center. Waved at third base, coming home Crone. Here's the throw, and it won't be in time. It skips past the catcher. Runner breaks for third. Garrett backed it up and won't have a throw, and the Rockies have tied it at one. It's an RBI double for Rodgers. A throwing error enables Rodgers to get to third. The E6 had the tie-breaking man 90 feet away, and he wasn't 90 feet away for long. Next to the plate was Ryan McMahon. McMahon, lefty hitter, had three hits here in the series opener Tuesday, and he bounced one back up the middle. Diving Jazz can't get it. It's into center field, and it's 2-1 Colorado on Ryan McMahon's fifth hit in the series. All this after two route with nobody on. Well, finally, Garrett, we get out of that inning. Jose Iglesias a fly ball to left, but it was a 25-pitch third. And after two and a half, the Rockies had a 2-1 to lead. And they're half of the third with one out. The Marlins got a double from John Birdie. Birdie then, it was at second when Jazz Chisholm was hit by a pitch. First and second with 
one out. They pulled off a double steal. The stolen base by Birdie, his 20th of the season, his 20th straight without being caught, which tied at that point a club record set by Emilio Bonifacio back in the 2012 season. It also, his steal and the Chisholm steal concurrently gave the Marlins now a remarkable run of 16 consecutive games with at least one stolen base. It's the longest by any big league team since the Rays had 19 in a row back in 2009. So instead of first and second with one out, the Marlins had men at second and third with one out. That double steal would loom very large because of what Jorge Soler did next. 2-2, and Soler hits one in the air to left field. Bouchard coming on for it, makes the catch. Birdie tags, coming toward the plate. The throw's offline, and a Soler sack fly is not at this game at two. The stolen bases pay off. And that fly ball to left would not have scored a run if you'd had first and second with one out. Instead of with second and third, Birdie crosses the plate, and we were tied on Soler's 32nd RBI of this season. It would stay 2-2 for a long time in this ball game. Braxton Garrett would strand a pair in the fourth inning. In the fifth inning, after getting the first two outs, he allowed back-to-back hits to Ryan McMahon and Jose Iglesias. At that point, Garrett was pulled after four and two-thirds. Zach Pop just recalled from AAA Jacksonville today with Lewis Head going on the injured list. Got Elias Diaz to hit him to a fielder's choice, ending the fifth inning. And at the halfway point, we were tied at two. Garrett, four and two-thirds innings in his fourth start of the year. He allowed two runs, one earned, one unearned on nine hits. Walked one, struck out seven, 94 pitches, 68 strikes. Pop, after getting the last out in the fifth inning, allowed a leadoff double to Eliuris Montero in the sixth inning but retired the next three in a row. He struck out Sean Bouchard, got ground balls from Connor Joe to third, and Jonathan Daza to shortstop. And the Marlins were out of the sixth inning, still in a 2-2 game. At that point, the Rockies were one for nine with men in scoring position in this game. Marlins didn't get anything going offensively on their end. The Rockies kept threatening, facing Anthony Bass in the seventh with one out. Brendan Rodgers hit a triple. So now in a tie game, the go-ahead man was at third base with only one out. Ryan McMahon, though, a fly ball to shallow left for the second out. Soler came on, made the catch, and Rodgers had to stay at third base. After Jose Iglesias walked, that extended the inning, first and third, two down. The Rockies were trying to untie this one against Bass with Elias Diaz at the plate. On 1-1, Diaz ground ball to Miggy. He's got it. He'll underhand to Jazz. They get the force at second, and another Marlins escape. Bass leaves runners at first and third in inning number seven. The Rockies are now one out of 11 with men in scoring position in this game. And at that point, they had left 11 men on base. Facing Stephen Okert in the eighth, a two-out walk by Connor Joe, put the go-ahead man on. But when Jonathan Daz had a fly ball to right to finish off an 0-5 day, the Rockies had stranded a 12th base runner. And we went to the last of the eighth inning, still, as we had been since the third, Tied at two. Alex Colomay gave a run to lose the ball game for the Rockies in the eighth inning here Tuesday night. He started the eighth today. He got Jorge Soler to fly to right for the first out, but then Garrett Cooper singled. Luke Williams came on to pinch run. Jesus Aguilar a base hit to right. That sent Williams all the way to third. So the Marlins in a 2-2 game had runners at first and third. One out in the eighth inning for the right fielder, Avisael Garcia. Marlins one for seven with men in scoring position. Tied at two for now. 
The 1-1 pitch, ground ball to shortstop. Iglesias has it, goes to second, one back to first. Avi beat it, and the Marlins take the lead. He just did beat the return throw, and the Marlins go up 3-2 in the eighth. Avi Garcia, with his fastest sprint speed of the season, he covered 29.5 feet per second, getting up that first baseline. Not known for his wheels, but he ran as hard as he possibly could, and he stayed out what would have been an inning-ending double play by beating the return throw from Rodgers. He gave the Marlins a 3-2 lead, and the Marlins were on top for the first time since it was 1-0 after two innings in this ball game. Nice job there by Avi, and 3-2 was the score into the ninth inning. Tanner Scott came on to try to close this one out. He had to face 3-4-5. He struck out C.J. Crone for the first out, but then Brendan Rodgers singled. Rodgers went four for five in this game. A single, two doubles, a triple, an RBI, and a run scored. He finishes the year 11 out of 23 against the Marlins with four doubles, two triples, three homers, and seven RBI. So now with one out in the ninth inning, the Rockies had the tying man at first. Go ahead, man at the plate. Scott, though, caught Ryan McMahon looking at strike three. McMahon, who had eight hits against the Marlins overall this year, two today and six in the series. So the Rockies now are down to their final out. They had the tying man, Rogers at first. Two outs, top of the ninth. Jose Iglesias was their last hope. Tanner Scott trying to close out the ball game and a three-game series sweep. Scott's 2-2. Iglesias a swing and a miss. He struck him out. And the Marlins have swept the Colorado Rockies. Another one-run win, second in the series. Another eighth-inning run to snap a tie. Marlins beat the Rockies 3-2. And they have won three in a row for just the third time this season. They've got a seven-game winning streak, a five-gamer. And in this three-game run, and Kelly, it's never easy. It certainly wasn't today, but the Marlins got it done. They did indeed for the Marlins. Their eighth series sweep of three or more games all time against the Rockies. Their second here at Lone Depot Park. They did back in 2017. They've done it here in 2022. Miami with its eighth series win of the year and third series sweep overall. One in Washington, April 26th to the 28th. One at home against the Nats, June 7th, 8th, and 9th. And now three straight against the Rockies as the Marlins win the season series from Colorado 4-2. to two. They are now 10-2-1 in the last 13 season series against the Rockies. They've won 10, they've lost 2, and they've split 1. Marlins improved to 49-36 and 36 against Colorado since the start of the 2009 season. And including this series, in their last 8 series against the Rockies at Lone Depot Park, starting in, uh, well, I guess 2015, 2014, they have won 7 series. They've split 1, that's split in 2019. Marlins are now 21-7 and at home against the Rockies since the beginning of 2014. And they've got a 117-106 and record all-time against Colorado, their best winning percentage against any National League foe. With the win, the Marlins improved to 10-17 and in one-run games. It's their second one-run win in this series. It's their second last-at-bat win in this series. Not a walk-off win. But they pushed across the go-ahead run in the eighth inning Tuesday night. They do it again here today as they beat Colorado 3-2. For Miami, three runs, nine hits, one error, seven left. Marlins went one for eight with men in scoring position. For the Rockies, two runs on a dozen hits, no errors. They left 13. Colorado went one for 11 with men in scoring position. Rockies had chance after chance. 
They left at least one runner in each of the nine innings in this game, and they fall short by a single run here, 3-2 the final. Stephen Okert, the win, 5-0 and now out of the bullpen. Alex Colome, his second loss of the season, his second loss in the series. He's 2-2. Two and two. Tanner Scott now 7-for-8 in save chances, locking down the final three outs all by way of the K here this afternoon. Time of the game was 3 hours 17. The Marlins with the win improved to 32-36, and 36, now 18 and 14 at Lone Depot Park. The Rockies, meanwhile, fall to 30 and 40, 10 games under. They're now 11 and 21 on the road. They're going to stay on the road. They fly to Minnesota after this one today. They got three against the Twins beginning tomorrow night. Marlins stay home for three against the Mets. 6:40 tomorrow, 4:10 first pitch Saturday, then a 12:05 first pitch on Sunday. We'll give you the Mets Marlins mound matchups a little bit later here on the 10th inning show. Marlins fans, a reminder, the Marlins and Auto Nation have teamed up again this year to strike out cancer with 12 strikeouts today. Marlins pitching staff up to 594 Ks on the year. Every strikeout means $25 donated to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. So with 594 on the year, now $14,850 and counting from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. And if you'd like to make your own donation, you can do so online at Drive Pink. Com. Really nice win for the Marlins. Now 32-36 and 36 on the season. Before we hear from Donnie, let's step aside for a quick commercial break. Back with you on Marlins Rewind. Let's hear from the manager, Don Mattingly, after the Marlins' narrow 3-2 win over the Rockies yesterday. Donnie, it's never easy to sweep a team uh, that you guys were able to do. It. What do you wish you most? Really just about you know getting so many different contributions throughout the course of this series. Uh, well, I got to remember the last couple of those kind of get away from me uh, after we play them. But honestly, today was a, a game that you know it's going to be tough just because of the 12 o'clock for both clubs. Uh, just a quick turnaround, and, and you kind of see what how it happens. Uh, it's harder to score and, and all that stuff. It seems like you know things just get tougher. But the fact that we hang in there uh, and the guys were, you know, it's usually a day that, not sure who you're going to, you know, kind of have to play, but all our guys wanted to play, which was a good thing, um, you know, and try to take advantage of this. I know you've given John Birdie a ton of credit for the way that he's stepped up early, taken on a, a pretty heavy workload with some of the injuries. But again, just a day, a couple more stolen bases, a couple more hits. Just what, you know, what does it mean to you to have a, that kind of guy on your team who, who can really make an impact in so many different ways? Yeah, I mean, I think it takes all kinds to have a good club. You know, we're going to have guys that hit the ball in the seats and drive in runs uh, and aren't going to steal any bases or do anything like that. But it, you need to have guys that are getting on base and kind of creating that havoc. Um, and he plays with a toughness, you know, in an in a understanding of the game and how it's played and when to run and when not to run and things like that. So it's the more guys you have like that, the better off you are. And so for us to have Bird has been a, it's been a blessing over the last few years. Braxton, thoughts on how he did today? Well, I like Braxton today. Um, we had a good breaking ball. His slider had more power to it today, I thought. Something he's been working on. Uh, Braxton's getting better and better. And and you've seen it. There's been an evolution of him from the time he first started here till now that this guy's you know, he's got more and more weapons, uh, how he's trying to get people out in different ways, uh, still getting better. Uh, you know, still going to grow into the body. I think he can get more physical over, the, you know, over time. 
which is going to help him. Uh, but this guy's he just kind of keeps getting better and better. In that eighth inning, you mentioned how tough it was going to be to get runs today, to be able to scratch that one across. Specifically, Luke getting first to third on the Aggie hit to be able to set that up with when Avi gets the ball in play. Yeah, it's what speed does, and it's why you're really running there. You know, Coop obviously gets that going uh, with the hit, and you know to have a guy with speed on the bench right there and. You know, does a couple of things. It puts pressure on the pitcher to rush, uh, to be able to have to keep him. Because if he's if he's going to be slow to the plate, we'll steal that base. Uh, but then it, all the little things, just like the, you know, like you said, he goes first to third on that hit, uh, which was, you know, obviously changes the whole inning. And I guess especially the night before, he tried to go first to third and didn't have, I guess, the same results. It's nice to see him back out there. It's opportunity. Yeah, last night's was a little different. He got kind of frozen, it looked like. And I think, I don't I I I didn't talk to him after that one, um, but I really think he didn't think that guy was throwing that ball, and so he wasn't in, at full speed. And some probably a lesson that he learns last night that it's not going to let happen, you know, to him again. Yeah, yeah, he got hit the other day, and I seen him pushing on it, and all of us, you know, during that inning, I, I'm not quite sure. All of a sudden, I look up and the trainer's out there, so I wasn't sure. But he said he was okay. What happened with Oker? Really, a miscommunication on our part of. You know, anticipating that he was up throwing and ready to roll, and that wasn't happening. It's probably natural that guys would press when things aren't going well, but as you guys have rattled off some wins, have you noticed, I don't know if unselfish is the right word, but nine guys collectively just trying to, not trying to be the hero, but just pass it along? You know, I mean, all those kind of things you, you talk about when you're winning. If you're losing, we could have lost the same game like this if we were in a losing stretch. We'd have been saying guys were we didn't get on base because the guys were trying to hit homers. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know how to answer that really. I just think that when you're winning, things are going good. It was just a better feeling, uh, you know, an anticipation that you're good. That good things are going to happen, and guys want to be a part of it, right? And it's nice that there's been a lot of different guys doing something. Zach Pop getting recalled today helps you bridge from Braxton to your back end guy. Just how he did his first time back up here. Yeah, get us out of that inning in the fifth. Right, uh, at Diaz, and then to be able to go back out and, and give us a, another inning after giving up, I think he gives up a leadoff double there and gets out of that inning without giving anything up is, was huge. So uh, it was good to have him back. His stuff has, has been playing good, so he's, he's throwing the ball good right now. And head with the shoulder, when did that really start to surface, and what was the final? It's been going on, and we've been trying to nurse it and battle through it, and we kind of seen last night that we needed to take care of this thing. Uh, it's, and it's been on the front side. It's not the throwing shoulder. It's more the arm that he gets up to, to hold himself. And, and we've seen it last night, the wildness, uh, the slider, what hasn't been the same. So it was a matter of like, okay, at some point we're going to have to, you know, it looked like we were trying to get through it, get through it. And it was almost like we were at that point where it's like, we're not going to get through this. Last night, I guess we mentioned Avi's defense being maybe somewhat underrated or undervalued by others, maybe. But just the speed today to beat out that double play ball. Yeah, obviously a guy, he's he's one of those surprising guys that he runs better than people would think. Um, probably leads to him, you know, the defense and things like that. But yeah, when that ball was hit, I knew it would be close, but I felt like he'd beat it. It, it took just long enough for that ball to, to get to short that we felt like he's going to get that one. Um, how big is a, a stretch like this with the uh, division leaders coming into town tomorrow? Uh, you know, we've been on a, a pretty good run here. You know, we go to Houston 
and then through Philly into New York and then back here and right back to New York again. So, um, you know, they're all important at this point. Like the games you win against Colorado, a team that's also, you know, probably thinking like us, you know, they're chasing the Dodgers and, and look at the wild card and things like that. Uh, I think every win you get is big because you don't know who's winning or losing in the other divisions. Uh, with with wild card spots being up for grabs and, and you're a ways back of the Mets, you know there's a lot to play play for, and so every game is important. That was Don Mattingly after the Marlins win over the Colorado Rockies yesterday. We focus our attention now on the New York Mets, who are in town in Miami for the first time this season tonight. It's a 6:40 start, and what a matchup on the mound. That'll feature Sandy Alcantara and Taiwan Walker. We'll hit the air at 6:10 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.